I'm a bad man, giving bad men bad looks. Prince amongst thieves and crooks, want bad women, bad cars, bad hoods, bad dudes. Hey y'all, it's your boy Porsche, and your boy is back with another episode of Suplex Wrestling. Hey man, you already know what this is. Your boy is back here today. I always talk about something to do with wrestling, whether it's WWE, WCW, WWE. What is the ooh, damn TNA or ECW? It's either gonna be some classic reviews, also some ranking videos. You never know what your boy could pop up with. Today, like I said last episode, it's gonna be a classic pay per view review, and it's gonna be over one of the best pay per views ever produced by WWE, and it's gonna be the Royal Rumble 2001. Hey man, let me stop wasting y'all time. Man, let's get on right to it. All right, y'all. Now this classic review is like this. So it goes out. The reason I picked the Royal Rumble 01. It is from your boy's hometown of New Orleans, Louisiana. I remember I watched this show personally. My dad used to hook up the cable boxes a lot. We used to get free pay-per-views. Is that illegal? Yeah. Okay, cool. You can't get me for something back in 01. Cool. It don't matter. So all I'm saying is this. It was in your boy's hometown. What a great pay-per-view. I just want to start off with that. The intro to it was straight up importance and love. How they do it, how when you go to New Orleans back in them days, you always got it like Bourbon Street. You got you got uh, the St. Bernard. You always got the, the street sign showing you where to go. And how the intro went, you got the superstars' names all over the round. You start at the bottom, then you come up to the top. You got the superstars' names going all around the street sign. Oh, my God, it was so amazing. And then the intro is kind of like they hyped it up. 30 men. Who won winner? Who's going to WrestleMania? And, hey, that's the Royal Rumble. That's what we're getting into it right now. Now, the first match you got up there, it was a tag team match, a grudge match. It's a tag team match between one of the greatest tag two of the greatest tag teams of all time. You got the Dudley Boys, who are my favorite tag team of all time, versus Edge and Christian for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Titles. Edge and Christian defend the gold here against the Dudleys. The reason why this match is coming up is going like the grudge match is like it's a concussion based storyline. The Dudleys are coming in here with concussions, so it's kind of like. Uh, like nowadays, you would not see this storyline being used. Concussion protocol or not? Nah. With all the stuff going around with like the Benoit scandal and the concussion CTE, all that, you will not see this type of storyline here today. Like in this day and age in WWE and all types of wrestling. So it's kind of like, well, like, nah, they're not using this to build a storyline at all. This was just. It's the attitude era, so they can use anything they want. So how it goes in, it was kind of just like. It was fast pacing and sturdy when Edge and Christian have the have the lead. They, it was fast paced. It was going at it. And then when the Dudleys get the upper hand, it's all about, man, let's go at it. Like, let's the, the rough and tone, the big two tanks. They about to beat you down. And that's how it was kind of like for me. And it's kind of just what happened was Edge and Christian try to focus on the Dudleys, the upper neck part, the neck, to try and focus on that concussion base to try and wear down the Dudleys. But in the end, the wink, the thing that fooled them that did not work out for Edge and Christian was that they tried, they got a little too cocky. They went for the Dudley's patent move. It was called the what's up. So basically, the they you hold the, you hold your opponent's legs up, spread open, and your partner jumps from the top rope and headbutts him in the nuts. Literally, that's the Dudley's move. And you know what happened? The Dudley's countered it. They flipped him over and they pushed and they pushed Christian into Edge. And literally. After that, it was over with. Get him to the corner, 3D, Dudley death drop, bam, Dudley's win the tag team titles. And they are now what? I think that was what? A five-time WWE tag team champions? Yeah, the Dudleys want to roll in 01. And and then for this match, you know I gotta give it a three stars out of five. It was a good it was a good way to open up a match. A good tag team match is always a good way to open up a show. 
right, now the next match we got on deck, it is a fast and physical one. But before the match, it was a segment going on. And it's a very important one. It was Triple H and Stephanie Man talking about their title match. Well, Triple H talking about his title match later on that night uh, for the WWE title against Kurt Angle. But they were talking, and guess who walks in? Drew Carey. Drew Carey walks in, and he starts to talk about and hype up his his comedy show that's going to be going on later on that like later on in the week. So he uses the this pay per view to like see how things are done. But Stephanie has another idea. She wants to introduce Drew Carey to Trish Stratus. Hmm. Let's see where that goes from here. All right, man. The next match we got on deck it is legit Jericho versus Benoit. Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, two of the best technical wrestlers in the world at the time. And literally, the promo, literally like the first minute, is just them beating the holy hell out of each other. Literally just beating each other. And it's like, that. this showed you how physical this rivalry has become. And here today, and it's like, literally, it's for the Intercontinental title in a ladder match. So that's how. So let's see how physical these guys can get. Literally, the best moment from this thing, even when I was a little kid, I still remember, I can I cannot watch this show for 20 years, and I still remember this one moment. And that's literally when, when Benoit sent Jericho on the outside, and Benoit went for a suicide dive where he jumps through the ropes and literally Jericho counters it by as Benoit's in the air jumping through the ropes he hits him right in the head with a steel chair and boom smacks it all you and Benoit falls to the floor stops his entire momentum that was amazing I will always remember that moment that is the best moment to me of this match and literally it's an old school ladder match no multiple ladders nothing they had one ladder and it, you couldn't even tell legit and then another um, amazing spot Benoit's going for the title Jericho meets him up top and he just grabs him beats him and he gets him into the walls of Jericho on top of the ladder I think this was one of the, the one of the first time Jericho ever did this move and so it was just like the crowd popped for it and it's like Oh my God, like nothing, like nothing beat that moment. And it was like from the bell sounded to the end, this match was straight physical, hard nose. Let's beat each other with a ladder. And then at the end, all, all you got to do, Benoit goes for the title, kicks Jericho, goes for it again, bounces off the ropes, pushes him off the ladder. Benoit bounces off the top rope and onto the apron and onto the floor. Jericho grabs the title, and he's the new Intercontinental Champion. Me, I rate this five stars out of five. Literally, the, the second match on the card, and it's, literally, um, and it's literally one of the best. One of the best ladder matches ever in WWE history. Awesome. All right, y'all, the next match we got on deck is for the WWE Women's Championship. But before that, they had another segment going on. Remember what I said about Drew Carey meeting Trish Stratus? Well, here's what, he, well, this is what happens. Drew Carey goes up to Trish Stratus, goes into her locker room, and he starts to hit on Trish to try to tell her, like, oh, I got this, sad, like, I got this, this comedy show coming up, this pay-per-view show. You should come check it out, Trish, man. Like, he trying to hit on her because when I say Trish Stratus, literally at this time in 2001, Trish Stratus was the fondest woman on the planet at this point. Literally, the girl was, she was eye candy. She wasn't the technical wrestler that she was a year from now. You can tell her, you can see her improve from this point on till then. But literally, oh, she was eye candy, all right? The only thing that she didn't do was pose for Playboy like all the other ones. But all she did, she didn't even show off her entire body like that. She just showed like, damn. And legit, Drew was trying to hit on her. But at this time, the storyline was the owner of the company, Vince McMahon, was cheating on his wife, who was in a coma with her, and his kids were mad about it. So it uh, 
it, that, that storyline is a, it can be used for another day. Oh my God. But here's how it goes. So that's, and Vince said, Vince came in, he felt some type of way about it. He was like, hold up, you're not going to come up and hit on my mistress. You ain't, you ain't going to do that. So Vince has the brightest idea to, in order to promote his, his comedy show that's coming up, Vince puts Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble with actual, with actual trained wrestlers. And this man has no experience. So Vince is trying to kill this man. And later on, you'll see how much he tries to kill him. So, yeah. And up next, hey, man, like I said, the next match on deck, it is for the WWE Women's Championship. As the champion, Ivory, defends it, defends it against the ninth wonder of the world, China. Now, the thing I have about this match, the grudge match, is that they China had a neck injury. And today is like me, personally, I don't like it when it's like, it, if, if it's like a neck injury like that. Because they, it was a storyline to where Ivory and her group, RTC, the right to censor, basically they broke China's neck for, from a pile driver. That was the storyline. And it wasn't, even, it wasn't even legitimate to give her time off, nothing. It was just a storyline. And it was like, I can't see anything good off that. Like, okay, cool, like all that stuff, like a leg injury, arm injury, all right, cool, all that. But nah, man, from a, from a neck injury, that stuff is serious. And for them to take this stuff lightly, even back then, it's still tacky and like, I don't like it. So for me, I, I, it docks it down for me. Like, nah, I couldn't do that. Now, the match in, in all, it's kind of like, it wasn't even a match. It was an angle. China beat the living hell out of Ivory the entire match. It was like two minutes. Beat her for those two minutes. She goes for like this cartwheel moonsault into the apron where Ivory is and legit bumps her, like, not even hard, but like, uh, bumps into her and boom, she hurts her neck and she's motionless. People come down. They put the they put the the, the dreaded X symbol up. But like, hey, she's really hurt. Come get her and all that stuff. And I'm just like, no, man, that stuff is tacky. We know it's fake. No, make it out my face. This match was so horrible, so dumb. And literally, I the only reason I gave it is because, man, I I'm not giving it zero stars because the build up to it was kind of nice. But still, if it was another injury, I would have doctored up a little bit more. But still, I'm giving this half a star. It was not a good match. All right, the next match we got on deck, it is for the WWE Championship, the most prestigious prize in the business. And it's the champion, Kurt Angle, going up against the challenger, Triple H. Now, this match is pretty it's pretty predicament because, like, here's what it is. They have a whole storyline between themselves, between Triple H and Kurt Angle. From the past year, how Triple H and Angle was fighting over Stephanie. So they have a little background here. But then the, the twist on this is... They're both, they're both bad guys. They're both heels. No, both of them are not, like, neither one of them is playing the good guy. Like, if you look at it closely enough, Triple H is playing the good guy. He's supposed to be. But then that's the thing. They're both heels. They're still both heels. It's a heel-on-heel -heel match. And they booked it that way, kind of like, yeah. So Stephanie is kind of default to babyface. But then coming out, to spite Stephanie and Triple H and, like, to get an edge, Kurt Angle's valet and his manager... It's Trish Stratus, huh, who's having a little feud with Stephanie McMahon. So now it's time to take the focus, like, off the, the wrestlers and put it on the, put the two outside persons. So with that going on, it's kind of like just, like, getting the edge on him to say, like, hey, your wife is fighting my valet. Now I'm about to beat you right now. So it's trying to get the, the mind game set up. But... And that, all in all, that, that I kind of like the dynamic that they did there, me and them both heels. But it's kind of like they're both heels, but Triple H isn't kind of. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Then you got this. 
if you look at the if you look at the backstory between this, this is Kurt Angle's rookie year. The man made his debut literally a year and two months ago, and he's already the WWE champion. Every if you don't know who Kurt Angle is, Kurt Angle he won a gold medal in the 1996 Olympics in Greco-Roman wrestling. The man is legit a true wrestler, and now he's in WWE and he's wrestling, and he just won the WWE title in a year. And that's real life. That's true. That's damn true. And so Angle, Angle's real. Like Kurt Angle is legit. He's he's a he's all about wrestling. He's a technical wrestler. But then when he got the other side of the business down, the microphone, the mic skills, getting stuff done, that's when he became Kurt freaking Angle. And literally, it was so amazing. Angle became this annoying little obnoxious heel that you just want to see lose. But then when he wins and his matches are so great. So now I was like, man, Kurt freaking Angle. And then it's like, it was a great match because people forget this. Triple H is a great technical wrestler as well. So the matches that, that the match that they had, it was amazing. So they was going back and forth, and it was legit a heel versus heel match. I keep saying it. It was. Triple H went for a chokehold. Kurt Angle hit a low blow. Triple H hit a low blow. So it's like both of them not even playing as the baby face, but one of them has to be. But they're neither playing it. So that's what I loved about it. And then also, you got to have it typical in the Attitude Era. Trish, Stephanie, Catfight! Yeah, they were fighting outside the ring. You saw Trish's butt. What a sight. And then you saw Stephanie. She almost had a, a wardrobe malfunction. They go to the back and everything. Vince comes out, tries to stop because Vince's daughter is in the way. So he's trying to get in between his daughter and his mistress, trying to break them up. And it, the, the, that, like I said, that story is for another day. What a story. And so literally, it was the match itself is good. The way it ended... That's also a great ending as well because you, Triple H hits the pedigree. The ref got knocked out from the whole type of thing. He's distracted. And then out comes Triple H's true rival, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the man he run down with a car this past year and, and took him out for an entire year. Austin comes back, gets his revenge, cost Triple H the title because Triple H cost Austin the title a couple weeks back. So Austin was like, bet you cost me the title? I'm going to cost you the title. And legit... I, I, it was a wild match, but it was so contained. But it was kind of like it was all over the place, and I couldn't tell what was going on sometimes. That's why it's like – and Angle retained the title, lastly. I forgot to say that. Angle retained, and it was like, what? Huh? So now it's like I, I rate this three, three point, three and a half stars out of five. It was an amazing match, but it's like you could have done without a whole bunch of the wackiness and the – oh, my God, that was too much. But, hey, all in all, it was a good match. I right, uh it's time for the main event. Now, y'all already know what the main event is. It's called the Royal Rumble. The main event is the Royal Rumble match. Now, the rules are like simple. 30 men compete one once against the other. Two men start the answers, number one and two. Then every 90 seconds, well, back then, every two minutes, another superstar enters, and then it goes all the way until number 30. Once you get to the last person, every man must be thrown over the top rope with both feet hitting the floor. The last man standing gets a ticket to the main event of WrestleMania and gets a shot at the title. Literally, how the promo match came up to this, you had just straight up your favorite. It was your favorites and everybody else. Your favorites to win the match were Kane, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker, Rikishi. Those were the big five that had a great shot at winning the, the Royal Rumble. Everybody else, yeah, you're there. So that was it. Those were the big five that everybody thought was going to win the Rumble. Those were your favorites. That's it. Now, if you look at it, it's like this. 
Now, coming into the match, Rikishi was billed up as like, yeah, he yeah, he he was getting a push. That's why he was billed like that. Then you got The Undertaker. He, it's still his yard. Kane was a monster at this point. Austin's coming off. He's coming back and coming off. And, and The Rock was the biggest star in 2000. So, yeah, of course that's the big five. Well, big four, if, you, if you're talking to me, it's a big four. But, yeah, so going into that, it's kind of like this. Starting in at number one, you got Jeff Hardy. Then in at number two, you got Bull Buchanan coming in. And then in the surprise choice is number three, it's Jeff's brother, Matt Hardy. They both team up to eliminate Bull Buchanan. And now, so basically with that now, instead of staying together and then waiting for the next person, they start fighting it out. But then when the next person comes in, they stop fighting each other to fight him. And then the next person in the number four was Farouk. So when Farouk comes in, the Hardys just stop fighting to go against him. Then they, bam, eliminate Farouk. Now they're back to fighting each other. Huh? Y'all just found success in eliminating people left and right, and then y'all continue to fight each other. That's so stupid. What is wrong with y'all? So now, in at number five, remember what I said? Mr. McMahon put in Drew Carey into the Royal Rumble. Guess who's number five? Drew freaking Carey. Drew Carey comes in, dude is love, uh, not trying to get into the action. The Hardys on the top rope. Literally, they eliminate each other. They pull each other off the top rope, and literally they eliminate each other. Both Jeff and Matt are out. Drew Carey is in the Royal Rumble, and Jerry the King Lawler makes a excellent point. If the Royal Rumble was over here now, JR, Drew Carey would be going to WrestleMania? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. No. And that was the literally, I, that was, not, okay, that was a funny line right there. I loved it. But King, bro, guess what? <laughs> Oh, he found, let's just say McMahon tried to kill him, man, because in at number six, it's the monsters, the devil's favorite demon, Kane. Kane comes in as literally, this is when Kane was like the biggest fear in the WWE. Oh, my God. The man was having great matches. He was a powerhouse. He's a monster. And literally, the man came in. He was looking to kill Drew Carey. He's walking around the ring. Basically, he's stalling for time. That way, the next person could come in. And instead of, like, getting in the ring and just standing there like an idiot, he's walking around, getting his prey and all that other stuff. He gets into the ring. Drew Carey offers him money to not attack him. Kane looks at him, smacks the money out of his hand. Grabs him by the throat for a chokeslam. And then and guess what? In comes number seven, the hardcore champion, Raven. Raven comes in, bam, hits Kane over the head. Drew Carey, the smartest play he's ever done, legit jumps over the top rope and eliminates himself. So there goes Drew Carey. Hey, he was in the Rumble. He lasted longer than some people. Then it goes into this whole thing. So in the number seven is Raven. Then Al Snow jumps the gun for some reason to attack Raven, who's been out by a cinder block. A whole nother story. So then it's Al Snow in the number eight. Nine, Perry Saturn. Ten, Steve Blackman. Eleven, Grandmaster Sexay. So basically, this little part right here from like six to eleven, it was literally the hardcore rumble. Because you got weapons. You got you got, you got night. You got night sticks. You got steel chairs. You got... Everything but the kitchen sink, all in this Royal Rumble right now. A bowling ball got introduced. Literally everything but the kitchen sink got introduced, and it was so hilarious. The hardcore Rumble, it got introduced into it. And then, guess what? When it was over, Kane went on a rampage. He hit, the, he hit Grandmaster Sexy over the head with a trash can. Boom, he's gone. He boots Raven over the top rope. Boom, he's gone. He knocks out Perry Saturn, but throws him over the top. Boom, he's gone. Hit Steve Blackman over the head with a trash can lid. Boom, he's gone. So now everybody in that thing is gone. Al Snows gets thrown over the top rope. Everybody from the hardcore Rumble is gone. The only ones left standing is Kane. Then in at number 12, you got the Honky Tonk Man, who hasn't been seen in WWE since 19. 97 he makes a surprise return and i'm just like what what is he doing here like bro and it was so like just it was so dumb but it was so funny at the same time he gets in the ring kane is like what is the, what like tilting his head like what 
And literally, the man is trying to sing a song because all the honky tonk man's gimmick is he's a ripoff Elvis. The man starts to try to sing a song. Kane grabs the guitar and smashes that thing over his head. Goodbye, honky tonk man. Throw him on top rope. Honky tonk man, you're out of here. Bye. If you're counting it at home, literally, Kane already within the first 12 entrance, he has one, two, three, four, five, six. Six eliminations already, and he just got in the dang rumble. And literally, it was so amazing. And then in at number 13, lucky 13, maybe not, it was The Rock. The Rock came in. Literally, the man was a house of fire. Him and Kane started going at it. He got the momentum going in his favor. But then guess what? Kane halted it and with a huge clothesline, knocks The Rock on his butt. Goodbye. They both knock each other down. They're fighting each other. In comes in entry number 14. It's the good father. Not known as the good father to me. I will forever remember this man as the godfather. The godfather's gimmick was literally he was a pimp. He was a pimp. The man brought, uh, excuse my language, but hey, sorry, Professor Votes. Literally, the man brought hoes to the ring. He was the whole train, the whole train, baby. The man was a pimp, and he brought hoes to the ring. When I say these, boy, when I say these hoes was fine as hell, bro, they was fine. So it was like, all his gimmick was, there was eye candy. And guess what? People loved them for it because, boy, when you bring women into the picture back in them days, hey, <laughs> yes, sir. So that's all it was right there. So that was, but then he turned into the good father. Like everything was censored and everything. Literally, it was over with. It was, his gimmick was done. And so it was over with. He was in there for like a good 14 seconds. The Rock smacked him around, knocked him over the top rope. He was gone. Then Brett, then Taz comes in. Taz, who made his debut last Royal Rumble, was the greatest debut of all time, almost. And legit, the, the man was in his hometown. Well, not his hometown, but in his own territory of Philadelphia. And the man went berserk. And the crowd went berserk, and it was, like, awesome. And now he's getting here into the room. It was like, okay, he's going to do something. Gets choked out by Kane and then thrown over the top rope in nine seconds. What? Man, get out of here. So that was a dud. Then you got Bradshaw in at 17. Bradshaw was a hard hitter. Him and The Rock double team Kane, they go at it. And then as soon as The Rock turns around, he is the meanest clothesline from hell ever. Like, boom. Knock, you can hear it. And I was like, oh, my God. The Rock felt that one. And then you go up, and at number 17, you got Albert. Then you got 18, Hardcore Holly, 19, K Quick, 20, Val Venus, 21, William Regal, 22, Tess. This is when the ring starts to compile up to get a whole bunch of bodies in the ring. Not a whole lot of eliminations going on at one point right now. Then in at number 23, it's a surprise. The man hasn't been seen in a long time. It is The Big Show. The Big Show makes his return here after going down to OVW. He wanted, they, Vince McMahon, Sit him down to show him like, hey man, you're not as big as you like. You're not as big as you was. Like you're not the you're not that thing anymore, bro. You need to lose some weight. You need to develop your character. You're not where you are anymore. You need to learn some humility. So yeah, he sent him down to the developmentals. He went down up. Big Show made his return here, and what? And it was a surprise because we ain't seen the Big Show in almost like eight months. So it was like, hey. The Big Show's back, and he went on a tyrant. Choke slam to everybody. Choke slam to Regal, Tess, v Val Venus, K-Quick, Harko Holly, Alba Brashaw. Literally, everybody then went grab Kane. Kane's like 320 pounds, seven foot, and he grabs him like he's a small child and just slams him to the mat. Goes with the Rock. Instead of choke slamming the Rock, the Rock counters it and low blows him right in the nuts. Oh, right in the cojones. Yeah, he was done. Bam, clothesline, the smackdown, knocks him over the top rope. Big Show's gone. At the only one person in K-Quick, that was it. And, oh, my fault, K-Quick and Test. After that, 
He was gone. Big Show had this house of fire, and he was gone before the next entry. He grabs the rock, pulls him on the top rope, choke slams him through the announce table. So the Big Show returned as a face and then turns heel right after. Huh. Huh. If you're a wrestling fan, that makes so much sense. And then right after that, you got Crash Holly. Crash Holly comes in at number 24, and then the next person, and at number 25, it's The Undertaker. While The Undertaker's making his entrance, before he's making his entrance, it's kind of like this. Everybody was ganging up on Kane in the in the middle of the, uh, in the, in the, in the mid, in the uh, in the corner of the ring, they was all ganging up on Kane, ganging up on him and just beating him, stomping him out. And all you hear is number twenty five. All you hear is that rolling. Literally, Undertaker comes out. Now the question was coming into this: Will the Undertaker help his brother, or will he attack his brother? Well, the answer was, hey, well, you got your answer as soon as he got in the ring. Everybody started getting lefts and rights from the Undertaker and Kane. Literally, bang bang, everybody getting thrown out. Everybody got thrown out the ring. The only two people left standing is the Undertaker and Kane. So now they're looking. Now what? Famous line. So now what? Now what? By Jr. And it was like, man, we don't know what's gonna happen. Are oh, they gonna fight each other? Or are they gonna just do what the Hardys did earlier? They gonna fight each other after they eliminate somebody? Or will they just sit there and wait for the next opponent? You know what they did? They sat and waited for the next opponent. The only people that was in there, it was legit going to be. It was going to be Undertaker and Kane, and The Rock was knocked out on the outside. The next person coming in, and at number 26, it was Scotty Too Hotty. Scotty Too Hotty was like a frightened child. The man could have pissed his pants. That's how frightened he was of the Brothers of Destruction. He didn't even want to get in the ring. As soon as he got in the ring, he got d- destroyed. Double choke slam, goodbye, Scotty. Now they're waiting again. And at number 27, it is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Legit, Austin hits the... Soon as you hit that glass shattered, the entire crowd blew up. And I was like, I was one of them. I was three years old at the time, and I was, ah, yeah, what? Bruh, it was 01. Everybody loved it at the time. Come on, man. And it was so amazing. So it was kind of like Austin came in, and, man, he about to go at it with Undertaker and, and Kane. But then Triple H comes running down. Remember, Austin attacked him early on in the night. He comes and attacked Austin from behind. And now Austin can't even get in the ring. And now he ain't in the match yet. But then The Rock gets up, start fighting Kane and The Undertaker. da 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 all that other stuff. All that stuff took two minutes and all the other stuff. Number 28 is the one Billy Gunn. He sprints to the ring. He starts beating up The Undertaker. And then another surprise entrant, it's Haku, who we haven't seen in WWE in almost over a decade. And it's like he's been in... The thing was, Haku was the W... He was in WCW two weeks earlier as the WCW Hardcore Champion. So the man was legit signed to WCW, and now he's in the WWE right now. So I'm like, What? Haku is back. Now he's going after that. And I'm just like, bro, what is going on here? And then you already know, because he won a battle royal. And at number 30, it's Rikishi. Rikishi comes in at number 30. And now everybody's in. Now you can win the match. Now what's going on? All you see is not in the ring right now. It's The Undertaker. It's The Undertaker, Billy Gunn, Haku, Rikishi, Kane, and The, and the Rock. And then also Austin's on the outside. Rikishi eliminates The Undertaker, which is a surprise. Undertaker didn't even make it to the Final Four, which he was one of the favorites. He didn't even make it. And then Austin finally gets into the ring where Rikishi makes his entrance, bloodied, beaten down from Triple H, and he just beats the living hell out of Rikishi. Gets him into the ring. Austin's in the ring now. Then goodbye, Haku. Now you got your finals. It is Austin, Rock, Rikishi, Kane, and the one Billy Gunn. The Rock eliminates Rikishi, gets him thrown out. After he tries a bonsai drop, which is basically from the middle rope, and Rikishi just jumps onto the Rock's chest. And the Rock just low blows him. Goodbye, Rikishi. Final four, Rock. Austin, Kane, and the one Billy Gunn. Surprisingly, 
the one Billy Gunn is the one. Yeah, you're not the one. Literally, Austin eliminates the one. Goodbye. Final three, Kane, Rock, Austin. They get at it. The Rock throws Kane through the middle rope. Remember, he got to go over the top rope to be eliminated. So he went through the middle rope. And all you see is this visual. Austin bloodied from the top of his head down to his face. He's in one corner. And on the opposite side of the corner, you see the Rock. And they just lock eyes. And it's literally the best moment you'll ever see. It is the, one of the greatest moments ever. These guys lock eyes. And it's like, oh, my God. The two biggest stars of the Attitude Era. And you, bruh, legit, you look at it and it's like, this is the WrestleMania match. How are we going to get to it? It's amazing. Literally, it was awesome. They go at it, and it's awesome. I, I loved it. These two were my favorites growing up, and they went at it. It was amazing. And then they trade rights and lefts. Austin tries to eliminate The Rock. Then The Rock counters it. He tries to eliminate Austin. But then Kane comes behind The Rock, throws The Rock over, thinking he eliminates both of them. But nah, he throws out just The Rock. So now the last two is Austin and Kane. Kane gets low blow by Austin, gets chokeslammed by Austin. Uh, he chokeslams Austin, uh, and then Kane tries to bring a chair in the ring. Austin low blows Kane, gets the chair, hits Kane on the top of the dome. Boom, one steel chair shot. Kane is still on his feet. Austin hits him again. Boom, another chair shot. Kane is still on his feet. How? What is it going to take this big monster down? A third chair shot. Boom, Kane is still not down, but he's on the ropes. Austin runs to the ropes. Boom, clothesline. Austin eliminates Kane and wins the Royal Rumble. Amazing match, literally, literally. It is the best rumble match in re in wrestling history. It's the best rumble of all time, and just because of that, because you had every variety of it, it was amazing. Austin wins it. He's going to WrestleMania. He gets the title shot after being a year away. The best comment of the night from spinal surgery to the WrestleMania main event. Austin's going to Mania. The man had triple fusion neck surgery, and he came back to win the Royal Rumble, and he's getting a shot at the title. That's how popular Austin was. Literally the best match ever. I give it five. I wish I could give it more. Five stars out of five. What a great match. And overall, as the pay-per-view goes, I rated 4.5 stars out of it. Literally, if you have any time, watch this show. It's amazing. Austin, everything. The latter match. The Rumble, Angle, Triple H, literally. And it's only a few bad points in this show. Where I, like, eh, other than that, the greatest pay-per-view WWE has ever put on. Literally awesome. Hey, man. All right, y'all. This concludes this week's episode of your boy, Suplex Wrestling. So, hey, man. I'm your boy, Porsche. And next week, hey, man, I'm going to be giving y'all another top 10 list. And I'll be doing my top 10 list the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. I just talked about a great IC title match. Why not talk about the greatest IC champions ever? That's what I'll be doing next week for you guys. So, hey, man, y'all already know what time it is. I'm a bad man, giving bad men bad looks. Prince among thieves and crooks. Want bad women, bad cars, bad hoods, bad dudes. I'm making my...